a listener production. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's Editorial Director, Katja Vachtel, and the host of this 10-minute guide to Melbourne. Specialty hot chocolate maker Mork has opened a new shop front, this time in a beautiful heritage-listed space at Queen Vic Market, so you can pick up one of their famous hot chocolates as you do your shopping. But before we head there, we're going to pay a visit to the CBD, where one of the most interesting and beautiful new bars of the year has just opened. Black Kite Commune nods to Melbourne's old supper clubs, and it's from the man behind 26-year-old Melbourne institution Gin Palace, so you kind of already know it's going to be good. But this new spot is all about inventive cocktails, rare spirits, and Beethoven. (laughs) Evan Jones is here to talk to us about Black Kite. He visited recently and he wrote the story for Broadsheet. Welcome, Evan. Thanks, Katja. Beethoven's not usually the words you might associate with a a new cocktail bar in the city. No, it's funny because Jess Clayfield, who is the bar manager there, has clearly got synesthesia, which is the sensory crossover where one sense sensory input creates another output. So she was at the Adelaide Symphony listening to Beethoven and the music was creating flavours in her mouth as she was trying to come up with a cocktail menu. And so what you taste at Black Kite Commune is the flavour of the Adelaide Symphony playing Beethoven's Fifth. The ba 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 bam that's that one. I can't wait to kind of get into a bit more detail about those cocktails and some of the things that she tasted through sound. It's so interesting. Tell us about Ben Loz, though, because he's behind, you know, a number of Melbourne venues. Gin Palace might be the most well-known to people, but that's just one of several. Yeah, I mean, they're going to name Russell Place Luz Street absolutely once he's gone because across that 100-metre space, you've got Bijou right on the corner of Little Collins and Russell, which is named for... Uh, a theatre that no longer exists. You've got Bar Ampere just a little bit further up, which is sitting above the electrical substation that it's named for. Then you've got the famous Gin Palace, which is named for two Gin Palaces that no longer exist. The man simply loves to reference the past and loves Russell Place. And now you've got Black Cart Commune. That was something you mentioned in your story that he kind of can't help but reference the past. And he told you as well, he just loves getting into those deep dives on, you know, historical facts and reading old stories to kind of get inspired for the next place or even, you know, the current space. Black Kite Commune, what's the reason behind that name? So he was telling me that he had read a historical news article where the journalist had been taken for a night out on the town in Melbourne and they ended up at one of these uh, supper clubs, these kind of boisterous, rowdy, late night food and, and mostly spirits, brandy and whiskey. And the place was called Nighthawks Retreat. The name Nighthawks is, for those of you that have been to Johnson Street, already a place. Uh, but he took the inspiration from that and the idea of the supper club and, and a kite being another bird of prey. So that's where the, the name Black Kite comes from. And I suppose the interior, once you go there, you'll see is it's jet black. Can you just describe walking into the space and what you describe as this birdcage-like interior? Yeah, so so designer Michael Delaney has done, it's essentially matte black everywhere, although once you walk straight in, you'll see to your right is a curved golden back bar of tiny little golden shiny tiles, which is along with the very bright ceiling panel, which is two floors above you, which remains from the previous cafe that was there. Uh, Everything is very, very dark and kind of mysterious. And the idea is that you sink into the background. There's a mezzanine floor just above the bar. And Ben was telling me that they didn't want people downstairs to feel jealous of the people that are upstairs. And there is literally a birdcage-like love seat right on the corner of the mezzanine up there. It's enough to fit two people, I think. It's table service only. 
You don't have to be worried, though, if you're on the mezzanine, because as you pointed out, there's these little airplane-like buttons where you can yeah. press those and so, up comes some service. Yeah, exactly. So once you're sitting up top, because you're you're above the bar, so the bar staff could not possibly see you unless they had a giant mirror on the opposite yeah. wall. So you press the button and, and along they come. Yeah, they couldn't tell that you're desperate for that next, that next cocktail. And you will be. So yeah, let's get to the cocktail menu, which, as you mentioned earlier, inspired by music and sound because of the synesthesia that the bar manager has. Can you tell us about some of the cocktails and maybe how they relate to the inspiration she had? So some of them are directly related to the symphony itself. So for instance, there's one called Triumph, which is designed to evoke the crescendo of the symphony. So the big, rich kind of ending of the symphony, it includes status symbol ingredients, she told me. Uh, things like armagnac, there's a shrub made with champagne vinegar in there, tapache, which is a fermented pineapple drink. Uh, and pineapples being, at least a couple of hundred years ago, an incredible symbol of wealth and power. Um, so so uh, that that's triumph. There's also another one called raspberry, which is the one that Jess was telling me that she was tasting when she was hearing the the first notes, she was turned to a friend and said, can you taste raspberry right now? And that is a drink that includes no raspberry, but tastes exactly like a raspberry jube. And so it includes things like rosella and pisco, a rose tea, verjuice, and, and these sorts of things to create the impression. There's a focus on kind of rarer Australian drinks and drinks labels. Can you just talk us through some of the brands we might find there? There's some rare Archie Rose spirits. Um, There's a really interesting whiskey from Archie Rose, which is aged in Maidenai, Maidenai being the Australian vermouth brand in in their Nocturne barrel. There's also one that I I was unfamiliar with this spirit. sounds super interesting. It's called Pachuga and it's a type of mezcal. A distillery in New South Wales is making this version. And Pachuga is kind of like mezcal, except they infuse it with meat. So this one is infused with kangaroo. So you've got this smoky mezcal style spirit. You can't call it mezcal in Australia, obviously. Infused with kangaroo meat. The snacks sound really delicious and a real range and and quite thoughtful and considered. You've got wild boar croquettes, which I think speaks to that idea of not necessarily having things on the menu that you might find somewhere else. Uh, I'd love to hear about the rest of the menu. The king prawns with garlic oil and lemon myrtle, they're pitched as a small snack, but they are large prawns. Uh, And then you've got some more substantial options. So there was a beef and venison burger with a Tasmanian dairy cheddar, which is the sorts of thing that you can have because the idea of the supper club is that the food will simply come out. You can treat it as a pre-dinner snack, but if you're there, say, after you've been out for a few drinks already, there's no reason why you can't fill yourself up with a full meal there. Yeah, the idea is that it's going to suit kind of whichever part of the night you have settled in for, although I feel like it might be difficult to leave. Black Kite Commune is at 30 Russell Place in Melbourne. It's open Monday to Sunday from 4pm until 1am. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, Kaja. Queen Victoria Market has some new residents, which is really exciting if you like chocolate and you like marshmallows and you like those things together. Mork is the new resident at Queen Vic Market and they have taken up residence in what was a cake shop. It's a heritage listed space. For those who know Mork and love Mork, you know that they are one of the most, I guess, important local chocolate makers. I've waxed lyrical about how good their chocolate uh, hot cross buns are. I'm just I'm just a big fan of Mork all around. So when they open a new a new shop front, I get very excited. And Audrey Payne, our food and drink editor, is here to tell us about the new space. Welcome, Audrey. Thanks. So let's talk about the owners, mm-hmm. husband and wife, Josephine and Kirill. In the story on Broadsheet, 
it discusses how they used to pass by this space mm-hmm. quite often. Yeah, they used to walk past and I think kind of just picture what could be and they were looking for how to take more to the next level and it just, yeah, I think they really had this big romantic vision. Yeah, and it's a corner spot. So mm-hmm. you've kind of got these beautiful windows that wrap around. It's funny because I think Mork's other premises is actually kind of quite modern and sleek, mm-hmm. whereas the new store in Queen Vic Market has almost like an old-worldy feel. So it's quite a departure for mm-hmm. them. Tell us about what's on the menu. Yeah, you know what's cool about just you saying that it's an old worldy feel is they're actually making Swedish cinnamon buns kind of more in that traditional Swedish style. So that kind of nicely, I guess, suits the space. Those buns, I guess, are different to the the Cinnabon, you know, American franchise that kind of came in when I was growing up. They're a lot less sweet. They have a bit more of those warm spices like cardamom. And they're quite intricately braided. They also are doing something that I think is very excited. And I know Gideon, the writer who did the story, was very excited about when he came back after the interview was that they're doing blowtorch to order marshmallows. So they come with the hot chocolates, but also with the s'mores that they're making. So So, for those who don't know a s'more, mm -hmm. tell us about what a s'more is. Yeah. So I think I know what s'mores are because I watched a lot of Mary-Kate and Ashley movies when I was younger. So um, anyone who shares that history will know. (laughs) And I feel like the Sandlot kids, there was a major s'more moment. In the I'm I'm revealing my age now. Yep. Let's another classic childhood movie where a group of young kids kind of gather around in their cubby house and make s'mores. They make s'mores. So I think like traditionally you make them around a camp fire, but it's pretty much a graham cracker, which is how do you describe it? So they say that the equivalent in Australia of a graham cracker might be something like a a digestive or, you know, one of those wheat meal biscuits. So they're plain, they're slightly sweet um, and probably provide a really nice base for your chocolate and for your marshmallow. And then you toast the marshmallow, you sandwich it between two graham crackers and you also put a piece of chocolate in there. So the kind of warm toastiness of the marshmallow melts the chocolate and you get this really cute little sandwich. It's like a childhood rite of passage for Americans. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think those are some of the menu highlights, but they obviously have the hot chocolates that they're really well known for. Cocktails are on the menu here. That's new. What's on the drinks list? So cocktails are kind of on the menu. You can buy them to take away, but basically they've done this collaboration with Drinks by Laura. You can buy ready to drink cocktails and take home, but something really cool that they're doing with the leftover cinnamon buns is they're turning them into a cinnamon bun milk punch, which I'm yet to try, but sounds kind of unreal and sounds maybe perfect for winter. Yeah. So Mork at Queen Victoria Market is shop 51 to 54. The hours are 6.30am till 3pm on Tuesday, 6.30am till 3pm Thursday till Saturday. And on Sunday, it's 8.30am, a bit of a later start until 3pm. Thanks, Audrey. Thanks. That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore Mel. I'll be back again on Friday, same time, same place. Chat then. Listener.